Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2659. Continuing our series of conversations centered around Ronin, the Star Wars Visions novel by Emma Mieko Kandon. We're going to talk about the Japanese period drama and how that applies to Star Wars and also dig in a little bit into the origins of Star Wars and how it all feeds in this one virtuous circle. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for it. My studio manager, Indy, wants some attention here. Oh yeah, that's right. And he's giving me some nibbles. So, ah, yeah, that, that's happening in the background of everything. But we're here not to talk about my studio manager. We're here to talk about visions and the influence that it is drawing from and how this all ties back into one amazing circle that is 44 years in the making. Probably longer when you take into account the making of Star Wars itself. And of course George Lucas being influenced by other filmmakers including Kurosawa who is often cited as an inspiration for Star Wars, particularly his movies The Hidden Fortress and The Seven Samurai. And those films, and others of course, fall into a genre that's called Jedi-Gaki. And yeah, that's a tough one for me to say, and hopefully I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of it. Jedi-Gaki, which is, as Wikipedia describes it, a genre of film television, video game, and theater in Japan, literally meaning period dramas. They are most often set during the Edo period of Japanese history, which is from 1603 to 1868, when Japan was under the rule of the Tokugawa Shogunate, which is a military government in Japan during that time period, and the country's 300 regional daimyo. And the daimyo, or daimyo, uh, they are powerful Japanese feudal lords who ruled most of Japan from their vast hereditary land holdings. Again, that's from Wikipedia. And that's going to be relevant to the Ronin part of the conversation in a couple of minutes. But when you look more closely at this, and maybe what I'm about to say is heresy, <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's not so much that the Hidden Fortress and the Seven Samurai influenced Star Wars, and in particular A New Hope, but really more just the whole Japanese period drama concept and genre that influences Star Wars. I mean, there are parallels or things ripped straight from Kurosawa, if you will. Like with The Hidden Fortress, that story is told from the point of view of two characters who are just trying to get away from the war and that really you know, layers over C-3PO and R2-D2 in A New Hope, for example, and there's a rebel princess and an old general and the old general eventually faces off against a former master. So yeah, there are definitely elements of it that are similar. And there are things like you know, the wipe transitions that happen in Kurosawa movies that George Lucas does in his own particular fashion in A New Hope. And of course, in subsequent Star Wars movies as well. But really, it's more that that 
various bits and pieces were taken from Kurosawa as inspiration, both in storytelling and also in filmmaking technique. And it doesn't really add up to the whole thing being, oh yeah, this is a Kurosawa influence. Where you actually have to get to that point is to look at the Jidaika Key influence as a genre overall. So there's a great article that I'm going to link to in the show notes for this episode if that's something you want to dive even more deeply into about Jidaika Key. And it comes from the Japan Foundation and their film festival website in specific. There's a great interview there with an expert on Jidaikiki. And a couple of the points made in there really sound like, oh, this is Star Wars. And, you know, I know sometimes when we say Star Wars, we're talking about the entire franchise. And sometimes we're specifically talking about A New Hope. I think it's important in this particular case just to focus on A New Hope because that's ultimately where this whole thing started and where everything's kind of coming back around again. So one of the points made is about the elements of entertainment and they include action, suspense, romance, and working in harsh natural environments. And the researcher quoted in the article says that these are easy to depict in Jedaikiki stories. And certainly that layers over the kind of thing presented in Star Wars as well. I mean, you know, a harsh natural environment, that's Tatooine right there. And secondly, there's a bit of conversation about the nature of storytelling and suspension of disbelief, basically, is what it comes out to. The you know, point is made that we all know that things are fictional, but if we're just sitting there thinking this is fictional, like, oh yeah, this is just that. If we're not engaged, then we're just not going to be sold on the storytelling, and so it's just not going to be successful. Now, Jadagaki's solution to this is to present the distant past in its storytelling. In other words, it's a world that no one has actually seen. So we, as an audience, can't necessarily say for sure whether this is fact or fiction because it's depicting something we've never seen. So we don't know. It could very well be reality, even as we're being told the story and we know we're being told the story. And the whole notion of Star Wars being set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right right into that alley. So that at a really high level <laughs> is the gist of Jidagaki and how as a storytelling genre it has influenced Star Wars and in particular A New Hope but certainly movies that have come after that. From here we get to circle back around to Ronin, the Star Wars Visions novel, which Matt Martin from the Lucasfilm Story Group has said is probably the closest thing to a Jidagaki story that Star Wars and Lucasfilm have produced. And it does have a lot of the hallmarks of that Japanese period drama kind of story. For a start, it actually begins as does every other Star Wars book and every other Star Wars movie, uh, Skywalker Saga movie, by saying a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And it's rather interesting as a side note that that's how the book starts considering the conversation we had about it being essentially a kind of what-if story, if you will, happening sort of in an alternate kind of Star Wars timeline. At least that's another way to think about it. But the fact that it starts out like that positions it as a Japanese period drama kind of story because it's happening in the distant past. And so we don't know whether this is fact or fiction. And it plays it on a meta level as well because as people who are enmeshed in Star Wars storytelling to 
encounter another Star Wars story that's told in a way that you know we don't understand because it doesn't align with what we know about Star Wars and about the elements of Star Wars, well, yeah, then it becomes <laughs> another kind of Jedagaku story. Jedagaki, excuse me, uh, mispronunciation on that. Oh, goodness. Anyway, so set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away as well. And the notion of the Jedi in this story really very closely overlaps with the daimyo or the daimyo uh, again my apologies on the pronunciations I, I promise you I, I was checking them and doing the best I could prior to this and so oh my apologies to anyone who is hearing me say these Japanese words and is cringing at my pronunciations I apologize I am working on it Oh, and one other thing, Jedi-ki? Well, yeah, the first two syllables sound suspiciously like Jedi, too, so I'm sure that's not a coincidence. But in the novel, in Ronin, the Jedi are depicted as working for feudal lords who are active in the galaxy, and that's essentially what they're talking about in the Edo period of these Jedi-ki movies and TV shows, etc., etc. Now, in this particular genre of storytelling, yes, samurai stories are the norm in there, but there are also a lot of other kinds of characters who appear in these stories, but samurai are the showiest ones, naturally. And then, of course, you have the ronin, who are masterless samurai, who are either on their own because their feudal lord died or because they fell out of favor with their feudal lord and they were cast out. And you kind of have a you know similar situation with the ronin, basically. Suffice it to say that the Ronin is basically that kind of masterless swords person wandering around the titular character from the novel. And yes, we're still staying out of spoiler territory on this because the Ronin and his backstory and how he happens to have a red lightsaber and you know the backstory behind his connections to some of the characters that we meet in the story yeah it just feels like it's just not time to start talking about that stuff in a spoilery fashion just yet and those are just a couple of quick examples of how the Jedi story format is being applied in the Ronin novel and yeah there's lots more too and there's one particular example that jumped out at me when I was reading the information on Jidagaki at the Japanese Foundation website. There's an example uh, that they mentioned called Samurai Reincarnation. It's a film from 1981 uh, directed by Kinji Fukasaku and starring Shinichi Chiba. And this is described as being a striking example of Jidagaki. It says, in the film, ominous undead master swordsmen, including uh, Mushashi uh, Miyamoto, who was active in the early Edo period, come back to life from the after world through supernatural powers and gee whiz that sounds a lot like something that's happening in the novel Ronin as well and that's what I've got for you today again I'm going to link that article about Jedi in the show notes for this episode and at the blog post for the episode at sw7x7.com if you want to learn a little bit more about this particular type of storytelling and I'm sure that you will recognize other aspects of it in Star Wars and in Ronin as well and that's going to do it for today's show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars and
by someone is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.